Hello and welcome back to the BTF podcast. That is the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Uh, we've had a couple of weeks off the podcast. Uh, we're, we're glad to be back on uh, iTunes and Spotify and, and of course YouTube as well. Um, but uh, yeah, we've had, um, I guess our last couple of broadcasts have been watch along uh, content. Uh, and during those watch alongs, I was joined by Mr. Greg Hollands. Greg, how are you? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Not too bad. Uh, and we are also uh, joined on the show today um, by one of our co-hosts that ha- hasn't been on the show for a couple of weeks, and we're glad to have him back today. Um, Mr. Tom Nuttall-Jones is here. How's with it us. going? Good evening. Yeah, all good, all good, all very well. Um, what shirt is that that you're, uh, you're rocking today? Well, it's a big game in uh, Germany tonight. It's the Hamburg derby, St. Uh-huh. Pauli against Hamburg. So I've got the St. Pauli shirt on tonight. Got the St. Pauli shirt. So uh, their fans um, sing "You'll Never Walk Alone," right? Is that? that yeah, true? that's right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of clubs in Germany do. They've got it. Yeah. What's the like? What's the kind of feeling with that? Because obviously, Liverpool would be like the main club, I guess, that that song's associated with. But am I right in thinking Celtic fans? Yeah, sing Liber- it as well. I think Celtic would claim that they're the main ones. Okay. I don't think anyone in Germany would say that it's like their song, but they've like taken it on. But yeah, Celtic definitely would claim it. Okay. Like, even above Liverpool. Over Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. And would Liverpool fans yield to that claim? No. Or... No. Okay. <laughs> That's fair enough. There's, uh-huh. there's a really good documentary about like Liverpool fans starting like taking on like pop songs and stuff yeah uh in the 60s so yeah i still i still claim it's us okay all right i got you and and who's likely to win that hamburg derby uh hamburg are definitely the stronger team but some Pauli are, uh on great form at the moment they've signed uh guido bergstahler from schalke okay um in the summer and he's he's come into his own he scored like eight in the last seven games uh but Hamburg got Torada, who's like an all-time great. He's like a promotion guarantee in Bundesliga. So yeah, yes, yeah, it's nil-nil at the moment. But whoever can uh, whoever can grab the goal in that one's going to be. Yeah, I'm just looking. Yeah, 39 minutes in. Um, do I recognise any of the players on the pitch? Not really. Obviously, you do. Um, <laughs> through well, I'd hope you recognise some of the players on the pitch. Um, Probably the only, probably the most recognisable for English fans might be Leisner, who played for QPR quite recently. Okay. For yeah. Hamburg, but he's injured. Yeah, uh, and, uh, Bobby Wood, I knew. Yeah, I Bobby Wood. B, B Wood, and I knew that was Bobby Wood. Um, but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll kind of keep one eye on that game um, as, uh, as we record. Um, obviously, also... Everton and Southampton uh, kicked off 10 minutes ago. Everton leading that game um, 1-0 already uh, through Richarlison. Uh, the Lidmeister General um, has put uh, Everton uh, 1-0 up at Goodison Park this evening. But um, I guess we should talk about the other team uh, in Liverpool. Uh, the main team, I guess you would probably say in Liverpool. Some Evertonians would, would disagree with that. I'm going to um, get some angry comments now. statement, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, Liverpool, your your club. Um, me and Greg have obviously been um, watching them this year, and and they're probably who's had a better two months, Tottenham or Liverpool. It's not been probably too much to choose between the two, but um, probably slightly Tottenham, I would think. I think it's based on expectation massively, isn't it? Yeah, and and the rise and fall, if you could say that. Uh, Tom, I don't know if you don't want to weigh in. I've said plenty 
in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Yeah, I think, like you say, it's probably based on expectation. I think we're choosing from the best, like best of a bad bunch, um, best loser uh, on recent form. Um, yeah, it's been, obviously I've not been on the pod for a while. Uh, I think uh, some of our some of our co-hosts might weigh in that now I've now we've won. I've like shown my face again, but um, no, it's yeah, been John a... Aldinho wasn't able to come on the show today. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's been a tough few months. Um, to be honest, the game. I'm sure we'll get onto the game itself, but uh, you know, I wouldn't say we've turned a corner mm. um, despite the three points. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to obviously go into the reasons why. We haven't been as good as we have in previous years, um, but yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure that's been covered as well on the on the recent recent podcast. Yeah, too. I think it's quite tough to put a to kind of quantify maybe how bad this season has gone or like how big the downfall has been because of those factors that you kind of alluded to and that the injuries and you know Henderson's now added to that list of, of key players that that are injured and um I think it is very very difficult to kind of objectively say right you know Liverpool have done this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and that's why they're in the position they are in like um I personally don't think they've performed particularly bad they've just had res- results have kind of gone against them where maybe you know it was a those kind of 50-50 fixtures where it could go either way and 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 generally this year it has if it could if it could go against them it's kind of gone against them so um yeah i i think uh all the people kind of calling for um i mean i don't think there was too many people calling for it but anyone calling for Klopp um to kind of uh leave or or to be kind of put out of his position i, I think is absolute nonsense um, in the position that you're in. I mean, would you rather be in a kind of a struggling Klopp team this year than than, than to lose him at all for, for oh, 100%. five, six, seven years to come, maybe? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, there was a... around. Obviously, he, he had a family bereavement that was reported a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and um, that was in the aftermath of a, another loss. And I think um, there were some rumours going around for, with a few WhatsApp uh, chats that I'm on that he actually re- uh, he actually resigned. Mm. And it just like puts into perspective, like, I mean, it was obviously ended up being complete nonsense, but it just puts into perspective, like how terrible that would be. Um, and yeah, like you say, the performances, they obviously haven't been to the standard of the last few years, but I think what the game yesterday brought home was how similar it was to some of the games that we have lost. Mm-hmm. And all it, all the difference was was you know a couple of missed chances where yesterday we obviously put them away got a bit of luck with the second one and um, and I think that's in some cases the you know that has been the difference um, it's the old adage isn't it like defense wins championships mm-hmm. um, you know attack wins games defense wins championships and that's that's what we're seeing, you know, we're, we've just not been in that championship winning form because we just don't have a good defence at the moment. Um, and that's all you can really say. Um, yeah. What's um, what's the uh, likelihood that you do actually spend at some point on defence? Or is it literally a case of let's just 
get these guys back to full fitness because it is a kind of a weird situation that Liverpool are in where they have probably adequate, you know, more like more than adequate um, defensive kind of um, personnel, but you are in this this injury crisis and and it's to the point where you you know you're running on less than even two decent centre backs a game. Um, that's why you've had Fabinho and Henderson playing back there and and. I don't know whether you could attribute maybe some of their injuries as well to playing out of position. Um, I'm not really sure how I, 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 I probably, my knowledge of, of sort of conditioning is, is next to nothing really, but you know, players surely are conditioned to play in the positions that they specialize in. Um, and you know, someone like Henderson or Fabinho, I, I don't know whether that could. Yeah. I think that- it's, it's a fair point. I mean, you know, you're turning in a different way. You're yeah. like running in a different way. I think Fabinho has had a variety of injuries, so probably couldn't uh, put all of those down to that. But Henderson, obviously, um, I think it's a groin injury that he's got. Mm. Um, yeah, so you think lots of twisting, turning, yeah, exactly. running sideways, running um, with your back to goal. You know what you said about the about whether whether or not we'll spend. Um, obviously, we've got the two guys in in January. I think they are really stop gaps. Um, Jury's still out on Kabak. Most of the people I've spoken to recently like, from his early performances have said, like, we won't be taking our option to sign him permanently. Right. But, you know, it's tough for a young player to come in to a team that's kind of under the cosh. Um, and, you know, you know, there's a lot of pressure for him to suddenly be the answer to, the, to all the problems, which obviously he's never going to be. But yeah, it hasn't looked too good so far. Even last night, there was a few odd, like, positional things that he did um that were picked up on i think the prop the real worry is that like obviously van dyke's injury is a one-off but um gomez and especially matip have been like really injury prone throughout the time that they've been with us mm-hmm. uh, gomez has had like quite a few long-term injuries matip only seems to be able to deal with like one game a week and then he that's if he can like actually stay that's the best you're going to hope for and that's if he doesn't get like a long-term injury like he has now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, looking at all of that, we probably could do with another one or maybe two defenders. And that's if one of the two that we got in January do actually end up working out. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, obviously, we're obviously just kind of like damage limitation for the rest of the season see how far we can go in the in the Champions League you know on paper anyone can win that and we've certainly won it with a worse team that we've even now with the injuries than we've got but it's that defense again like um even that run in 2005 was on the back of like some amazing defensive performances so yeah we'll see it's tough we'll probably need to have that championship winning form to even finish in the top four and um yeah hopefully the win last night was uh the start of an upturn. What was, uh, I know we spoke about, I think on a different, it was on a, one of the war zone podcast type things that we did, but um, Liverpool's lowest ever finish in the premier league. You said it was like top, it was top 10, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Eighth. Eighth. So yeah, is that, I mean, I don't think you're going to finish lower than eighth, but at one point, probably this month, it was a definite <laughs> possibility. 
think what's happened this year as well is like looking at the, some of the teams that are playing above them at the usual level. Um, you know, I'm sure West Ham wouldn't have expected to be where they are this stage of the season, even the most optimistic West Ham fan. Um, mm-hmm. Everton, probably, you know, with the signings that they made, definitely expect an improvement, but, you know, they're up there pushing for top four as well. So it's just one of those years where it's probably the worst possible time to be fighting for that fifth, fourth to fifth uh, borderline because you've got so many competitors doing it. Obviously, Spurs will want to be up, like Spurs are down with us sort of off the pace a little bit at the moment, but they'll be wanting to get there. Um, Leicester uh, seem to be perennial sort of contenders for that now as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough. And sort of, if you look at the teams that would be above us in eighth, it's all those teams. Um, yeah. Obviously, Villa are doing slightly better. I, don't th- I think they've dropped off the top four pace a little bit compared to the start mm. of the season, but they're, they're doing a bit better than they did last year. So, um, no, I think we'll, I think I'd, I'd still be hopeful that we'll be a bit better than that. But yeah, it's a, it's a crazy year. Um, and obviously this week we've seen the, you know, the government give their sort of timescales for COVID. So that's kind of like put the final nail in the coffin of having like yeah. any hope of getting fans back in the ground, which I think has like impacted us probably more than, more than average, at least more than yeah. most. I think some, yeah, some, some of our fans would say so. Um, yeah, it's a, probably a tough few, tough, tough couple of months ahead. Um, I think Thursday's really big, uh, I think if we can get a result there, it kind of means that the the Sheffield United result isn't like a false dawn and then we can start to get a bit, bit of momentum, but um sort of another loss after the after that win sort of completely cancels it out and back yeah. to square one. Yeah, we will be uh covering that um the game that you mentioned there on Thursday. Um it's, it's Chelsea, right? Liverpool, yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, Liverpool, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be covering that on on YouTube. So uh, make sure you tune in for that uh, and watch along with us. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a, a weird one this season because there was there was distinct points in the Premier League season where we went. Liverpool are now you know top of the league and they're gonna they're gonna run away with the league again. We had the same with Spurs. Like Spurs were at the top of the league at one point, and we were like, "This is the this is the year." You know, Jose's gonna do it with Spurs, with Spurs, um, and you know like you say those two teams now are down sort of if you take the game in hand like the games in hand into account um and assume those as wins for Aston Villa and Everton um I think it is Spurs in ninth and Liverpool in eighth by my working out um but yeah incredible Premier League season and to think below that you still got Arsenal as well um it's it's a mad year for the Premier League um Let's. Uh, I think we should talk about like Spurs as well. Though Spurs had a good, comfortable kind of healthy win yesterday, mm. and Gareth Bale. Um, I think he's been involved. I, th- I think I saw a stat. It was like eight goals that he's had a direct involvement with in the, in the last four games or three games, something like that. Yeah, the last four was the big comparison. Yeah, uh, he, he's been brilliant. He's uh, as well as beyond the performances. What is how he's been talking and how Jose's been talking. They they seem to have. I don't know if it felt like they, because I think I've said on the podcast a lot, it, Bale didn't really feel like a Jose signing. It felt like a Daniel Levy, get him in, sell some shirts, that kind of thing. And if it works, brilliant. But if not, you know. But I think they've both been quite complimentary of each other recently. 
Bale is saying that he, he feels better. He, he knows how his body is and he knows that he's feeling a lot better. Jose saying that obviously if you have a fit, fully fit Gareth Bale, you play him whenever you can. So, and the same with Delhi, I think. It's really weird. As soon as the January transfer window closed, it feels like they all had a little bit of a get together of like, right, hmm. this is us now. We're the we're, team. We're, we're the, the team. We can do this. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, so I think. And I think the same goes for Liverpool. The season is a long one. I think there's still things that we can get out of the season. It's difficult once you're in the mix of it now to see uh, what could still be won. But yeah, I mean, the the Burnley game was exactly the kind of football that with this team that we have, we need to be playing like. Because in, instead of getting that early goal, because I, I saw the early goal, it, I, uh, it, it they scored it before I could even load up the stream totally legal stream and I saw it and I was like this is going to be bad news because early goal we'll sit back and we'll concede in the 85th it's just written that way but we kept pressing we kept charging it down we kept I mean Lucas Moura scored for fuck's sake like everyone was hungry getting the good balls up and going and I think that Gareth Bale was a huge proponent of that so it's exciting it's exciting I think that they needed that for their self-esteem more than three points on the board I think there was a real lack of confidence especially in the Premier League uh, after a couple of run of games but you know getting back into Europa League as well we've got a very favourable draw with uh, Dynamo Zagreb I think Zagreb, it is yep. and we can I mean with this team we could still get something out of this season I, I mean I'm, I'm of the opinion of look let the, let the Premier League do what it does see what we can get out of that but Europa League is there for the taking if there's a man that can get us to that final Jose did it with a worse Man United team, in my opinion. Um, we've had a you know, a lucky, uh, favourable run of games. Let's make the yeah. most of it. Would it be, if they get through the Zagreb um, double header, do they mm-hmm. go, is it quarterfinals at that point? Right? Or is it even? Yes. Put, yeah. yeah. So they're in, yeah, the right, last, so they're in the last 16 at the moment. And yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, beyond the favourable draw for us, we've got some big names going against each other that will knock out... Big Other competitors. You got United against Milan. You got Arsenal and Olympiacos. Big names that will be falling out of the competition, which really helps us. Yeah, uh, I should say Everton have gone two uh, 0 up. Um, I'm not sure who scored the goal. Um, I've got Richarlison down here on the on this team sheet as D Richarlison. What's his first name? Uh, it'll just be like a, lo- a long string of Brazilian Brazilian names. names. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I'll see if I one can of which it. begins with D, obviously. Yeah. No, I uh, think the, I think the thing with Spurs in the Europa League is that, like, you know, I don't I don't think Greg that you'd argue that like Jose considers himself like Tottenham through and through. Mm. Um, no, he's a not, quick he's a quick fix. At he's least not fix. at this stage, but like, I can't imagine there's many or any managers that have won that tournament with three different clubs. Mm, yeah. And so that's, that'll be a source of motivation for him to like take that competition, like even more seriously than, than he would otherwise um, to put himself in that, you know, he obviously likes to talk about his, um, you know, his three titles with Chelsea and put his, you know, he's obviously done that in the past, his three, three finger thing that he's got. Um, So for him to be able to say like, Oh, you know, who, who else has done this? I think that's a, you know, a great little edge that, that you'll have as well in the rest of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 
Uh, I should just mention that I think the Everton goal was scored by Michael Keane, but it's been ruled out by VAR, so it is only still 1-0. Just in case um, you're wondering if if the game ended like 3-1 to Southampton or something like that, and you're going, what, (laughs) they've just said Everton went 2-0 up. Um, I should make that amendment. Um, Yeah, I I completely agree, though, with the, the whole Spurs situation, I think. I think as well he's going to throw every everything he's got at that League Cup final, um, and you know yeah. that that at the end of the day that is a route into Europe, um, and I think he'll be thinking about that game constantly. Um, you mentioned Tom as well. You mentioned defence has been the you know the secret to success in 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 UK football over the last few years. Um, is that just what Pep's found this year with um, Ruben Diaz and uh, at City? Absolutely. I mean, mm. he's. I mean. Uh, you know, City fans will tell you that they weren't able to keep pace with us last year because uh, Laporte was injured, and there's probably a lot of truth to that. Um, mm. But in the, in this season, they seem to have found an even more like winning combination. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's hard to think of a team that's won the Premier League that didn't have a really solid centre back pairing. Yeah, um, and that's what they've got. And you know, they just they just look absolutely unbeatable at the moment. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who I when we when we predicted our Champions League winners at the start of the season. I can't remember. I think I said Juventus to be honest, but I, I'd have to go back and check it. But I'm ninety five percent sure I said City. Yeah, we we League. both we both yeah. said City. Yeah, I I'd, I mean the the way that they're playing again, it's it's their defense. They've they've yeah. managed to win like how many games is it now? Eighteen games in a row without mm. mostly without a striker. So yeah. it's clear where, it's clear where the um, where the yeah, where the game's going from. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think I'm, and I think Portugal are a huge, like, I think they've got to be up there, probably in the top two with France for the uh, favourites for the Euros, for me, just based on all, you know, Diaz now coming in as well at the back and, and Cancelo's playing really well and you've got that Perea guy um, at Leicester as well should mm. be fit for the Euros. I think Pepe's still playing for the, the national team like and and obviously the big dog himself Ronaldo you know he's I saw, I saw a stat yesterday that Ronaldo I think has scored like 42% of Juventus's goals this year um, which is probably you know why they're not top of the league because they're relying on a 36 year old to um, to to as their main supply of, of goals yeah. but um, you know I think Ronaldo will arrive this summer at the Euros in in, in as you know, good physical condition that he can at, at his age. Um, and yeah, I do think Portugal will be, um, you know, a, a safe bet if, you, if you're if you looking to, to back one team. Well, they've got the blueprint as well, haven't they? Sorry to interrupt you, Tom. They've, got the, they, they've won it last... Was it last time? Was yeah, it? yeah, they're the holders, but, yeah. Yeah, they're the, so they've got the blueprint as well. I mean, I, I don't know how much their team has changed since then. I can't imagine massively. I don't know if it's the same coach or anything like that, but... Yeah, I mean, it will be the same coach, I think, Tom. You'd think, yeah. But I'll check. I'll double check that while you. But yeah, I'd say second favourites behind France, one hundred percent. Yeah, Tom, what's your thoughts on? Yeah, that? I mean, I was going to say when you said um, the big dog, I assume you meant Diego Jota, who like before uh, <laughs> before he got injured was probably one of the form players in the league. And um, true, very was, true, uh, actually. Close, yeah. close to a return, um, apparently he was. Uh, very close to coming back last night, but he got a, a, an illness overnight. But he was in he was in the travelling squad, so hopefully we're going to see him against Chelsea. 
on um, on Thursday. Um, so viewers should check in for our, our reactions to that and uh, his ho- hopefully his return to to the pitch and hopefully he can provide a little bit of a spark for us because he certainly did at the start of the year. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, their um, their most recent um, lineup is is actually ridiculous. Like, um, so they've got their most recent lineup was um, Patricio, uh, then a guy called Rui at left back, then Ruben Diaz, Ruben Semedo, and Nelson Semedo at the back. Then a midfield of Bruno Fernandez, Danilo Pereira, and Jao Martinho, and then Jota, Ronaldo, and Jao Felix up front. It's just silly. And it's then just silly. Talk, yeah, like we didn't even we didn't even mention Bruno or, or right. Jao Felix either. So, um, and then yeah, Pedro Neto, um, mm. Jose Font, Rui Silva, William Cavallio, Ruben Neves, uh, Anthony Lopez, the the Leon goalkeeper, Jao Cancelo, Bernardo Silva. You know they have an embarrassment of riches. So. Um, and it is the same coach, by the way, as well. He's um, been manager since um, 2014, uh, Fernando Santos. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. I think, you know, does does on the um, you know on the legend scale, and you've got your, your Pele and your Maradona and, and who've all won World Cups. Would two European Championships? Um, you know, does, would that mean as much as one World Cup for Ronaldo in, in the history books? Yeah. You think, I think so? It's, I think it probably depends who you're asking because certainly, certainly from our side, like the European side, like yeah. none of us could tell you how many Copper Americas like Pele yes. or Maradona won. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if you went to Brazil or Argentina and said, oh, Ronaldo's won two European championships, he's he's above your guy now. Yeah. They'd say, "What? what's it got no... Not yeah. asked about the European Championship, mate. Um, but I mean, he's already up there, isn't he? You have to, even I'd say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think necessarily like winning that trophy is the like be all and end all of what puts you at the top. Um, because I think you know, I think Messi's probably run out of ch- chances to to win it now, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's up there, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it adds to his legacy um, if he did it, and he, I'm sure he'd like to make up for like missing most of the most of the last final. Yeah, exactly. He was on the on the sidelines, wasn't he? Uh, giving his uh, input. Um, <laughs> staying on the sort of on the subject of Portugal, um, Greg, you shared um, an interesting tweet earlier about the Matt Doherty transfer. Um, oh, do you want to just uh, fill, pe- <laughs> fill people in on on the, the kind of the headline of that one? Uh, yeah, so basically, Mac Doherty, we bought him, we were conned out of 16 million uh, for him. Uh, but it turns out that only 10 million went to Wolverhampton Wanderers, who we bought him from, and 6 million went to the uh, agent, I suppose, for Matt Doherty. Is it his agent or the Wolves? Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's technically Doherty's agent, but yeah, he's a super agent. Yeah. Basically, he represents probably everyone at Wolves. At the probably, moment. yeah. Um, he, Jorge Mendes, was that the yes. one? Yes, yeah, uh, he made, made six, <laughs> six million out of him, which, which is crazy. It's crazy yeah. when you consider the player that Matt Doherty's. Be- the best thing about Matt Doherty's transfer to Tottenham is that he made Serge Aurier slightly better. Apart from <laughs> that, he's brought absolutely nothing. I think he looks a bit like that, uh, the Bazinga guy from. Like 
JJ. Sidemen. Yeah, Sidemen's <laughs> friend. Yeah, yeah, he does. He looks. He reminds me of him whenever I see him. But um, look, I like like. Okay, I, I I watch the training videos and it seems like he and Gareth Bale get on well, which is cool. <laughs> I like that every Spurs player is judged on the basis of how well do they get on with Gareth Bale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Comfort him if you're okay. If he approves, then that's fine. Keep him. Yeah. Hey, I'm um, I'm with you on that. We could, I think we kept Lovren for a season or two right. more just because he was better best mates with Salah. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he's a cheerleader a little bit, and like, yeah, he did like a a good uh, promo video when he joined, deleting his tweets about Arsenal. That was all cute, and yeah. But fuck me, he's just he's a sprinter with football boots, but even then, he's just not got the athleticism to get up and that. You can argue, as I said in the group chat earlier, there is an argument that he's playing in a different position and different yeah. system and all of that, but you need to have a bit of adaptability. You need to be able to adapt, especially this point of the season. And he makes schoolboy errors, stupid, yeah. stupid mistakes. I mean, in many ways, it's the same argument that Gareth Southgate held against Connor Cody for a long time in, in not bringing him into the England team sooner because Wolves play that. Wolves kind mm. of adapted that back five approach. I, I mean, Tom, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but... There wasn't too many teams in the league. I know when Sarri came in, he he sort of had a Alonso and um and Victor Moses playing those positions, but um Nuno was at least one of the early adopters of of this five at the back that's now fairly common in the Premier League. But mm. yeah, Doherty's obviously gone from being in a in a five playing playing kind of as a winger almost to having to do both both defending and attacking in in a Jose system, and it doesn't yeah. really. He's like just he not says, got the athleticism for it. Yeah, he's just not there, and it's a shame because it is a real Jose signing. I mean, he said that uh, he signed him because that's one less great player to play against. That kind of mentality <laughs> with it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I just can't believe those. I mean, six million. That's you're talking almost probably quick maths like forty percent of the of the transfer fee going to the agent um in in that transaction so uh and we did look we looked a bit into the um the early years or the the how george or jorge mendez came to um be what he is now in this super agent and apparently he was a a kind of a failed footballer that didn't make it into any of the clubs in in portugal and then he became a nightclub owner and then through (sighs) this nightclub or through a series of nightclubs or whatever met um Nuno, the goalkeeper that is, or that that was the goalkeeper back then, and is now the Wolves manager, um, and apparently Nuno was his first big uh, transfer that he kind of brokered, and then since, and then from then he was part of of a, you know, probably most of the Portuguese deals that have existed since, uh, and particularly obviously including uh, Ronaldo's move to replace David Beckham at Man United uh, back in what two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, from sporting uh so it seems like a, an interesting story i'm sure that there's there'll be at least portuguese language based documentaries about this guy out there um and i hope that someone at netflix is uh, is watching this <laughs> and um, looks at maybe doing a, a documentary about that but um yeah certainly a strange situation with with maybe where wolves are now and having a yeah, Super. just saw the just saw a little cattail. <laughs> yeah, is she, is she in here? I think she looked. I just in saw the door went, go. I was like, okay, maybe she, she had, going, she had yeah. a look and then left again. Okay, um, but uh, 
Yeah, no, it is it is an odd situation that and and it's strange though that, that I didn't realize Nuno was there kind of from the ground floor with uh with um with Jorge Mendes or George Mendes. Um so yeah. Yeah. Probably some probably I wouldn't well, don't want to, you know, slander anyone, but I wouldn't be surprised if um Nuno maybe uh saw a little bit of that money uh or will do at some point from uh, that Matt Doherty uh transfer. <laughs> through some properties in Portugal, at least, at least someone ben, yeah, at least someone benefits from it, whether it's yeah, us or exactly, they know. Yeah. Or... Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, there was another subject that we sort of briefly um, talked about today as well, and in, in the in the group chat is this Latan and um, mm. and LeBron situation, which I actually until it was po- until uh, I think Greg you posted it again. Um, I hadn't even heard anything about it. Now, Zlatan is... I, my view on Zlatan is he's one of those people that has sort of established a brand and a character for himself. And he's kind of... I, I don't think it's actually his personality. I think it is just him trying to put across the brand of Zlatan. Um, and he's become very, very outspoken. I mean, I think it's because he knows he's kind of in a relatively untouchable situation at the end of his career. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly what he said about LeBron. Can you um, elaborate maybe a little bit? So essentially, I think that it was it was brought up by the journalist really by name, LeBron James of basketball, of course, over in America. And it started off with Ibrahimovic appreciating, yeah, he's a good, great basketball player. And then basically you're singling him out by saying it just annoys Zlatan when he's seeing these sports stars or celebrities, he used sort of generalised term, for when they get to a platform to get into politics and talk about all these things. And basically the line was, like, stick to what you're good at. Yeah. And it, and it was, I th- again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was in relation to the Chinese treatment of muslims this is where i don't know i think okay so the the zlatan clip is quite broad i don't think it was about anything in in in, was it trump particular uh i'm really not sure i don't know what the journalist question was i the only clip i saw was zlatan's reaction yeah i was under under the impression it was more to do with the you know black lives matter stuff yeah okay yeah Yeah. and right but i feel pretty strongly about this because first of all anyone who describes like black lives matter or or just generally civil rights like efforts to improve civil rights as political like really winds me up like if yeah if you see that as political like your your politics are, mm-hmm. are messed up um Zlatan is one of the most outspoken people in sports he's he's spoken about political things before he, when he was at PSG had to go at the French president and said that I do more for France than than him because I pay so much tax so he, he's not he's not shy of saying things that are political not to mention like all the things that he you know, all the endorsements that he comes up with mm. um which again is not stick to what you're good at it's pipe up whenever you want and make a bit more money out of it so like mm-hmm. for you know for LeBron to be doing all this stuff that's clearly has like an amazing amount of merit to it. And it, you know, shouldn't be described as political for someone who's so outspoken to say like, basically parroting like the Fox news, 
mantra of like shut up and dribble yeah it's just such a disgrace and it's, it's so disappointing to see because I, I agree that like this this Latin brand and I almost wonder like how much of the stuff that he comes out with is just you know his agent or his entourage like sort of planning it and kind of it's pre preempted and you know because when you read his book he you know he's got quite a humble background and yeah. he does come across as quite humble it yep albeit that book's a few years old now um but when it comes to something like this if you, if that is the case and if you're asked by your team or if it's kind of a pre-planned thing are you going to come up with this we're going to generate some interest or generate some publicity like he should still have the option to say like no that's that's nonsense and i'm not going to get involved in this um so yeah it's a big disappointment to you know it's not it's not a big surprise because as i say he's generally a bit of a rent gob but yeah when it comes to something like this it's, it's too much yeah mm. i think as well he's had the um in terms of an, a newsworthy aspect as well obviously he's had the run-ins with lukaku and he made the comments about Lukaku doing voodoo stuff in the change room, and 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 that was kind of there was a re- a, a big race row with that. Um, and I think that in terms of a news angle, they will look at that and they'll go, okay, LeBron James, one of the biggest African American sports stars, um, Zlatan's, you know, telling this guy to shut up and and play basketball and and don't you know don't have an opinion on politics um you know i can definitely see why people are, are, are kind of there's a bit of backlash on, on zlatan right now and I, I i agree with it i agree with you tom as well like you know anyone that's um that's doing something or supporting a movement that is is solely there to uh to forward kind of human rights and and make uh make the world a better place is is just um yeah it's it is what it is it's sort of uh but um yeah I, d- I don't know what i don't know what happens with him I, every day i see a quote from he just guy just seems to be talking and talking and talking at the moment like every day on top of our soccer there's some zlatan quote about something shit that is someone's asked him about and he's just given like a really controversial answer and, and like you say I, I think it probably is that entourage thing uh greg I think I, I think he loves just saying it for the sake of being controversial. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've never I, I exactly what you say. You see Twitter all the time going on about it, and it's always like, oh, Zlatan, the gods that like, go yeah, and everyone yeah. celebrating. He's he's just a wanker. He just he's, he happens to be really good at football. Yeah, okay, but I was looking up on it, and there's a whole controversy with the uh, the statue that was built with him, and then buying shares in Bromby when he's a Malmo boy. All of these things, and it's like it, he's. I, my opinion is that he's very much out for Zlatan, and I think that he's getting increasingly aware that any minute now he's going to retire, and he will become completely irrelevant because yeah. he's only relevant now while he's playing football and while he is playing well. But he's just going to be a, a bitter old bloke after he retires. Really, you could tell I was going for a different word there, but I'll keep it PG. Uh, yeah, because he's not. No one's going to touch him. No one's going to want his punditry or his views on football. I don't even know his opinions on football and the, the actual playing style of football. I only know his opinions on Zlatan and what Zlatan doesn't like. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's true. Like it's hard. It'd be hard to in you know twenty years down the line if you if you're trying to explain to a, uh, I don't know like an eighteen year old or something like what was Zlatan's playing style or like what sort of system did Zlatan flourish in it's quite 
difficult. Like he is a very individual. You mm. know, there aren't he many scores pl- goals. Yeah, there, but yeah, there aren't many players out there like him. You know, he's he has a he does have like a unique skill set, um, and I think a lot a lot of his genius, if you want to call it genius, as as has come from the motivational side and 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 making his teammates work hard around him and and doing all that. But um, yeah, it's uh, I think it, I think I'm I'm probably ready for a. a a footballing world without Zlatan now, I think. I don't think there's any coincidence or any secret behind the fact that he only ever stays at a team for like, what, two, three years and then goes off. I can't yeah. imagine he's great for a dressing room. For sure, when he's scoring goals and all of that, but fuck me, you'd get sick of him, wouldn't you? Yeah. He's definitely like a, you know, he'd certainly be a a, a dominant figure in the dressing mm-hmm. room, put it, put it that way. But um, yeah, we'll see. Uh where that goes yeah I, I mean it's probably AC Milan could win the league this year and then you never hear the end of him because he'll be like oh well, I went back to Milan and I got mm. the first title after what it's got to be eight nine years maybe Tom since Milan lost yeah on the on the pitch you can't really fault him yeah. uh it, you know he came back I think of January last year and he like turned them you know their form their form even yeah. that last season was incredible after he joined and yeah, he seems to have really given them a kickstart. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Ange- oh no, it was Allegri who won the league with them last. But that was when they had like Thiago Silva. So yeah, we're talking like 2011. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they didn't. They they looked like they were bound for mid table for the foreseeable future. So you know, on the pitch, fair play to him. But um, yeah, yes. off the pitch, it's just rain it in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's do uh, a few predictions for games coming up this week. Um, so first up, we have Man City and Wolves tomorrow. Um, Greg, first up. Oh, it's, it's just it's City, isn't it? It's just City. 3-0. Uh, <laughs> 3-0, Tom, for that one. 2-1. To City? Yeah. All right, we'll go for City win. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go for City win as well. I think. I think just the one nil. I think they will just uh just grind it out. They seem to be a team that can do that this year. Um. Have we next... got Champions League this week or next week? There's... Uh. I think it's next week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Women's Champions League this week. If you want to predict any of those, let me know. <laughs> um. Wolfsburg have... will win. What's that? Wolfsburg. They'll win. Yeah. Wolfsburg and um. Who is it? Potsdam. Turbine or something like that. Pot, they always used to be really good. Potsdam. Um, I don't know whether they're still St. Poulton are very good, but yeah, Wolfsburg traditionally are very good. And Lyon as well. Lyon have won the French League like 21 years in a row. Or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that. brilliant. Their winning team is brilliant. Um, yeah. now we have uh, Crystal Palace uh, taking on Man United uh, on Wednesday, I think this game is. Um, 8.15 kickoff um palace coming off the back of maybe one of the worst games of the season for a for a neutral fan or for a fan of palace or fulham um at um midday on sunday everyone um which um but yeah at sellers park man united turning up also coming off the back of a terrible nil nil on the same day um what's what's happening with that result we've had some really really kind of blockbuster fixtures there at sellers park between those two teams in the last five years i'm thinking back particularly to the one where matic 
scored like a volley in the last minute to to win it. I think three two for United. But um, yeah, Roy Hodgson's Palace. Could they take any points away from United in that game? And I'll come to you first, Tom. No, I think obviously we're seeing the season of away wins. Uh, this year for obvious reasons and Man United have taken that to a new level and their away their away form has been mm. outstanding uh, and I don't see Palace being the one to change that so uh, I'd say 2-0 Okay, Greg? I'm going to go this is what I hope happens a little bit like I'm going to go 1-1 Okay, um, I don't know I think it will be dependent on on Zaha because he, he mm. didn't play at the weekend and I'm assuming that it was an injury rather than a ban. Um, yeah, he's on the injury list. I mean, the Palace's injuries. Hennessy, MacArthur, Tompkins, Sacco, Schlupp, uh, Connor Wickham, Nathaniel Klein, and Wilf Zaha. Um, you know, for a, for a team like Palace, and, and, you know, if you're that sort of maybe, I don't know, traditionally like 8th to 17th in the league, that many injuries is... is you know, um, can be quite damning. So I think United will win this game. If Zaha's not playing, United win this easy. Um, mm. And I think it could be. I'm going to go with four, uh, four nil. I think. Um, Liver. How many? How many did Liverpool score there earlier seven. in the season? Seven. Seven. And it was nil, wasn't it? Seven nil. Yeah. 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 So I don't think they'll hit seven, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I certainly think coming off the back of a lot of criticism as well for Solskjaer's United and the way they set up against um, Chelsea uh, this weekend. So I think United will kind of have a point to prove um, being um, back in London. Seems uh, like a long time ago now. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and then the final game that we'll get a prediction for, we won't do the Liverpool-Chelsea predictions because um, we'll obviously have those um We'll, we'll put those in just before we do the uh, watch-along. But uh, Fulham take on Spurs. Uh, this is the 6pm game on Thursday. There's two 6pm games actually happening at the time. You've got West Brom and Everton and then Fulham and Spurs. This is at Craven Cottage. Um, I will give my prediction for this one first. Uh, I think this is... I think we take a draw in this game. Um, and I would go for a 1-1 draw with Fulham. For Fulham, uh, so I'll come to Tom the neutral first on this one. Um, yeah, I think after the last game, scoring boots are on for Spurs, so I think it's going to be three-one. Three-one to Spurs, and then Greg thoughts. Yeah, it, I mean, if we come out like Burnley, it'll be three-nil. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like Fulham have only behind Man City. Um, sorry, Man City have conceded the least goals since um, Christmas, I think it is. It might even be since... Yeah, I think it's since Christmas. Um, and yeah, Fulham are the next best defensive team. So we don't really leak many goals. So I, th I would be surprised to see us concede three at home. Um but at the same time, we we probably don't have the you know we're not clinical enough to to beat Spurs either. So I'm going to still stick with my one one draw. It will be Lookman and uh, be a weird goal from Spurs by someone like Hoybier. Um, I re so I really want to see. <laughs> okay, I've got my wish of 
Bale starting with Son and Kane and just to complete the puzzle, I, I just want to see Delhi instead of Lucas Moura. Yeah. That's what I want to see as that, that top four and then we're then we're flying, I think. Yeah. But Lucas Moura's a weird one, man. I kind of hate him because he is a weird one. It's like he's been <laughs> playing brilliantly recently, but apart from that, like yeah. he's he's living off of Ajax. Totally like he's, oh, he's what, a sweet guy. Minute. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, the hat trick. Yeah, he's a sweet kid and like he's great, but fuck me. And Lamella. Do you see the thing going around this week where it's like Gareth Bale did more on that game than Eric Lamella has done in the eight, last eight years? Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I, I do feel a bit sorry for Lamella, but yeah, you, you, you're probably right. He's um, been injured and stuff, but he just yeah. fucking ball rolls. Just ball rolls. He's a great runner. Yeah. Did they buy him in for... He was in from Roma, was he? Or was he in yeah, Roma. Yeah. 30 million. Um, but yeah... I don't know. I, d- I do like, you know, the, the goals that Bale's scored in the last, um, you know, those the second goal that he scored yesterday um, was like, you know, that's the sort of goal that only Bale scores. And I right, think right. Um, his goal in the Europa League as well. Yeah, 100%. You know, and, and he, he, yeah, he can just hit the ball on his left foot better than, you know, or as well as anyone in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one, I think once... Or if he can get maybe some of those other physical attributes back, because um, I think what I would want to see is is Bale breaking through and scoring goals when there's a deadlock. Because mm. I'm not sure we've quite seen that yet. Obviously, he scored the opening goal yesterday, yeah. but it was a weird sort of. It was a great cross and and fairly good movement in the box, but it was more of a tap in at the time. And if you, when I think back to Bale before he went to Real Madrid, it was like. You know, Spurs are about to draw or about to lose a game, and Bale's just banging in goals like in the top corner, like out of nowhere. But um, that might be something that is is not just the way the Premier League is now, and the standard of the Premier League is probably not necessarily possible. But mm. um, I hope that we get that uh, we get yeah. to see a bit of that Gareth Bale back because um, you know he's a, he's a generational talent, and and one hundred percent. The more we can see of him playing well in the Premier League, the better. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for this week's podcast. I think it's been good to be back um, on the uh, on the old audio version of the podcast, and I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed listening. As we mentioned, uh, we will be doing a live watch along for Chelsea versus Liverpool this Thursday, um, and hope to see as many of you there as possible in the comments section, um, giving uh, John Miller and John Aldinho a bit of stick. <laughs> um and uh yeah tom and greg thanks as ever for joining me tonight uh thank you on the Cheers, show Dan. and uh yeah guys we'll see you all uh on thursday so yeah have a good uh have a good couple of days until then <laughs>